Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Over the Border podcast. How are we feeling today, fellas? I'm feeling pretty great right now. I mean, it's a Wednesday night. We've got NHL action. We've got NBA, EPL, NCAA football, tons of action, and it's our first episode, so I am very fired up, to say the least. Brian? I'm already fired up just from Manchester United's performance today, so... Yeah, but it's soccer and no one cares. Yeah, that's, that's quite soft. All right, boys. Well, let's let's not waste any time here. Let's let's get right right into it. Like, how are we how are we making our picks this week? Because I kind of just pick on pick my picks based on line movement and whatever the old gut tells me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really. Well, give a I know shit. that me and Ryan definitely have very different gambling styles. Uh, I probably have a different gambling style than a lot of people because I don't really focus on stats at all. A lot of people are big into looking at you know. Teams' records at the spread, home records, away records, stuff like that. I don't focus on that at all. I focus a lot of my attention onto the public betting. I look at betting on teams that the public's not all over. I also look at the line movement, uh, where the direction of the line's moving and dependent on the public betting. And I also look at situational spots for teams. Um, if they are coming off a big high, it could be a letdown spot or the opposite. And also just my general knowledge of the teams. See, that's what's unique about gambling. Everyone kind of has their their own way of it. See, Kyle, like you said, he's more of a, I don't know, sees trends, goes after it. Me, for my end, it's more, I'm more of a big stats guy when it comes to footy and MLB. More like sports that one swing or one kick can actually change the game. But but as as Kyle was saying, line movement and situational spots are two huge factors that help me uh, with my decision making. Yeah, it's, I mean it's so unique. Everybody can kind of have their own different reasons and end up in the same spot. So yeah, that's the thing. There's no right way to gamble. There's no, I mean, there is some wrong ways for sure, but there's no right way to go about it. We just have different uh, different techniques, and you'll probably see that a lot. I like to just go against teams that no one wants to bet on purely because no one wants to bet on them. Yeah. All right, well, let's hop into our first segment of the night. So uh, we're going to have this segment called Coast to Coast, and it's going to be a recurring segment every week on our podcast where we just recap news across Canadian sports. So, um, I mean, me and Kyle are based out of Ottawa. Ryan's from Ottawa, but he's not a Sens fan. But no, I'd say the biggest, news in the, the biggest news in the Ottawa Valley this past week is Kachuk finally puts his pen pen on paper and signs for an 8.2 AAV over seven years so I mean me and Kyle went to the season opener it was electric he came out he got the crowd going it was it was real captain material I I gotta be honest with you I know that people are saying that it's oh he's holding out is he really going to be the captain I mean you can give your opinion on it Kyle but I still think it's a no-brainer I mean why wouldn't they have named Shabbat the captain if if he wasn't the plan and why try to lock him up long term if you're not going to name him the captain no i agree he's definitely in waiting to be named captain i saw today they posted um his new headshot for this season and he's got an a on the jersey which is a step in the right direction i'm just glad that we finally signed him and can you know get this franchise moving forward well, i just want to say for nonsense fans do you guys want to explain what was the holdout between kachuk and uh, the senators well there was a whole bunch of like conflicting reports i mean I heard that a lot of people were saying that he wanted a bridge deal because he wasn't sure he didn't want to negotiate with Melnick ever again. So if he didn't sell the team in the duration of his bridge deal, then he was going to want out after year two. I heard that the Sens just weren't meeting his 
salary um, requests. I like I heard I heard it all, but you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He's here. We've locked him up, and you could tell there's a vibe in the city for Sens fans at the very least that are excited to have him, and I am one of them. Absolutely, and with all that being said, Sens versus Sharks on Thursday, so tomorrow. This episode will be dropping on Wednesday night. Sens versus Sharks tomorrow. Eric Carlson returns to the Capitol playing Josh Norris. They're involved in a trade. Brady Kachuk makes his turn return to the Sens lineup. Matt Murray makes his return to the Sens lineup. That means hammer the Sens tomorrow at home. Sens money line minus 110. Hammer the Sens tomorrow. I'm telling you right the, now. The Sharks are, are coming winning. off of a, a win, too, against the Habs, so they'll definitely be... Uh... <laughs> They'll be they'll be feeling high. It's probably probably went out in Montreal, partied a bit too hard. Come to well, the nation's capital. What else would you do in Montreal? It's well, I think that's a perfect segue because what else would you do in Montreal? You're not going to be watching the Habs talk about a letdown starting the new season after making it to the Cup Finals. <laughs> I mean, they got smoked, but they made it there nonetheless. But an 0-4 start for the Montreal Canadiens. Ryan, how are we feeling? Well, as a fellow Habitant <clears throat> fan, uh, I will say that it's not the ideal start that we wanted. But um, to be fair, I'm not surprised. A lot of our main guys are out of the are out of the lineup and out for the beginning of the year it, through injuries and then Carey Price dealing with mental uh, health issues. Joel Emmonson's father just passed away like a week or, or had cancer, actually. So he's out of the lineup. So a lot of our key players are out. Um, so at this point, I'm, uh, I'm all for tanking for first overall. <laughs> we, had, you know, we had the cup last year. Tank nah, for Shane not... Wright. Yeah, exactly. Tank for Shane Wright. I'll get that tweeting and uh, trending on uh, Twitter. And on the opposite side of that, how about the Buffalo Sabres, who everyone thought was going to be the number one tank team, sitting there 3-0, and just top of the league, sitting there. Any thoughts on that? I, has Eichel touched the ice yet? No. Nope. No, he's uh, still awaiting... To see, uh, well, he's waiting to get traded because the Sabres won't allow him to get the surgery he wants. So until he gets traded, he's basically out of commission. Wow, I've heard, uh, I saw reports of him possibly being a, a Calgary flame in the near future. That would so, be interesting. Well, I think Calgary could use a, another weapon up front. I need with... someone who can score goals because they are going to struggle to score. Well, while we're sure. in the province of Alberta, why don't we talk about the Edmonton Oilers? How about Connor McDavid? Is this the Oilers' year? They're off to a 3-0 and start. I mean, I know we're three games into the season, but I feel like three games into the season is time to overreact to everything. The Montreal Canadiens are coming in last place, and are the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cup? Here's the thing. Oilers, they got a great team. You know, up front, you can't deny how good their offense is. Um, they've shored up their defense. They're looking strong back there, too. But you're not going to win with the goaltending they have. Unless they make a move to get a solid number one goaltender, you're not going to see them make a deep playoff run. They just You just can't. You look at all the teams who have had success in the past few years, and where does it all start? The goaltender. Look at the Lightning. They won back-to-back cups. They've got Vasilevsky and Nats. He's the best goalie in the league. You can't win with your goaltending being at that low of a level. Even, even the Habs making it to the cup final. I mean, last year during the playoffs, Carey Price stood on his head for... The series against and the then, Leafs after they were down 3-1 and carried them all the way to the yeah. cup final. And you see it in the cup, though. He has a couple of bad games, and the Habs just kind of fall apart. Like Kyle said, it's, it starts with the back, and if the goalies are solid, then the teams will have probably a solid chance of succeeding in the season. 
And I mean, just Absolutely. looking looking at the rest of the Canadian teams, I mean, it's, I mean, Vancouver being one one and one, I I feel like that's not really a surprise to anyone. I feel like they didn't make any huge moves in the off season, if I'm not mistaken. So no, I could see them squeezing in as like a wild card. Yeah, me too. And then like, I mean, the Leafs, if they're two one and one to start the year, um. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Like, I still think that the way they're structured, like half of their salary cap is invested in four guys. Like, I know they've got a lot of depth on guys that are on like 750K contracts, but is that a winning formula? And is Kyle Dubas on his way out if they don't make a legitimate effort to make a run at the Stanley Cup this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really see this Leafs team being much different than the teams in the past. I could see it being the same kind of thing. You know, they have a good regular season, finish strong, and then playoffs come, they completely fizzle out. They've made a couple of moves. You know, they got uh, Kasha up front now, and they've made a little bit of depth moves. But again, as you said, having all their money tied up into those four guys means they don't have much money at all to allocate to the depth of their team. And I like, also think it's a little bit different this year with their goaltending situation because last year they did kind of have Freddie as the number one. Now that he's gone, they've got Campbell and Morazic where there's no clear number one and it's kind of like they're kind of battling for a spot. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, I mean, just speaking to the Leafs cap situation, I know this is kind of beating a dead horse because everybody's always talking about that with the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last couple of years. But, I mean... Just as an example, the other day they had to sign a U of T hockey player to be an emergency backup. Like, you're already having cap troubles four games into the year. Like, it just, to me, that screams like, here we go. This is the most Toronto Maple Leafs thing you'll ever see. Sure. Before we just move on yet, I want to mention the Jets have started out 0-2-1. I think they're a sleeping giant. They've got a really solid roster. I think their forward core is up there for one of the best in the league. Tons of depth with a lot of high skill guys. Their defense are strong. There's not a lot of standout names on the point, but they've got solid guys. And then in nets with Connor Hullabuck, it's a well-rounded team, and I can see them definitely making a playoff run before we move on. I agree. And the only you, you know what? Sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, but uh, like I also I love personally I love their coach Paul Maurice. I think Paul Maurice like Agreed. at least like when I hear him speak to the media, like he's you just feel like it seems like he gets it kind of yeah oh, no, I, I completely agree and like i don't know I, I i kind of agree like again we're three games into the season i know we've been kind of trying to push some narratives here but i, I agree that the jets uh, unlike the leafs who have like these clear like superstars now not to sh- like shun um Shifley and Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers and um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, but, like, I feel like they don't have that clear, like, this is our superstar. They're just all solid. Like, they've got a lot, like you said, a lot of depth um, down the middle of the ice especially. That's all you need, though, for a a cup-contending team. It's the most important thing, in my opinion, though, is depth. Look at Vegas in their first year. Didn't really have any superstars. Hungry Dog runs fast. Well, that's what I mean. They basically had second, third line guys all the way down, and look at how far they went in their first year. Just get the four lines rolling and don't get, get tired. The four lines rolling. All right. Well, let's hop into some gambling talk here. Like, well, well, since we're talking about the NHL, we might as well continue on that vein. What are you guys thinking? Do you guys have any futures or 
Any any upcoming picks for the upcoming week? I know lines kind of come out for the games like the day of or the day before, a few days before, but you guys have your eye on anything? So as I mentioned, the one play that I will give you guys for this week is (coughs) Senators money line Thursday. So that would be tomorrow. Senators money line, I think it's at minus 110. They're playing the Sharks. I really like this play. Brady Kachuk's return. It's at home. EK's back in town. I think we show them out. Sharks don't have a good team. They got so much turmoil going on, especially with this Evander Kane news that just dropped a couple days ago. Sends money line. That's my play for this week in the NHL. Ryan, what about you? What do you got? What do you got your eye on? I don't know. Personally, I'm uh, I'm staying away from the NHL the first like a week or two, just because it's very unpredictable in my opinion. Teams are either slow off the gate or all of a sudden they just got a hot start. Like Montreal last year was one of the best teams out of the gate, and then second half of the season. They were one of the worst teams in the league and just snuck into the playoffs. Yeah. So personally, I'm just staying away for like a week. But I'm a couple of futures, and I'm kind of with this on Kyle. Uh, the Islanders at plus 2,100, great value, I think. Yeah, no, I love that value in the Islanders. The only thing is they're starting the season out with an 18-game road trip, I believe. So it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all if... They start the season out poorly because I think their new arena is still being finished. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start a little bit, start out a little bit rocky. But twenty-one to one is just huge value. They have so much depth, as we've talked about how important depth is. They have so much depth, and I do think that they have a chance to make a deep run into the playoffs. And the other team that I've kind of pinpointed some value on is the Carolina Hurricanes at plus nineteen hundred or nineteen to one odds. I really like them. They've got a lot of skill. They're an exciting team. I could also see them going deep into the playoffs. Yeah. See, both those teams like have good coaches behind the bench too with Barry Trotz and then Robin Brendamore. Two mm-hmm. guys who everyone knows who they are. Barry Trotz is one of the best coaches of all time. And then Rob Brendamore, Hall of, is, he a, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know if I'm he's not quite sure about player. that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was one day inducted. He's got quite right? a good resume, so it would not be a stretch at all. The, the only NHL play that I'm really eyeing, um, I kind of like the Oilers minus one and a half at Arizona. That seems like... Is that uh, Thursday night? That, that is tomorrow as we record this. Yes, Thursday night. I'm seeing it at a plus 135. I mean, when, you have, this, when you have the stars like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl against a dumpster fire like the Arizona Coyotes, I feel like it's just too obvious. Which is why the Coyotes will probably win the game outright, especially. That does sound extremely square, but that also sounds like a bet that you place, and even if you lose, you're not mad because, as you said, you're betting Connor McDavid against basically what Arizona has an AHL roster. So I really don't dislike that play. All right, well, moving right along, let's get into some NFL because as we record this Wednesday night, it is Thursday night football tomorrow, and. You know, we got a big weekend slate. I mean, obviously some teams are on by. I believe there's a few. But what are you guys looking at for the weekend? All right, well, before we get into the weekend, I'm going to talk about Thursday night's game. It's going to be uh, an interesting game, and by an interesting game, I mean it's going to be a complete sleeper. Uh, Not in the good way either. You're going to be falling asleep watching this. We've got Denver and Cleveland. Uh, Denver, not a very exciting team on offense. They don't move the ball much. they got a strong defense. Cleveland, who has a pretty decent offense, but they're missing Baker. We've got Case Keenum starting the game. Yikes. We've also got their top two running backs, Chubb and Hunt, out. So they're running with their third string running back, 
Dernis Johnson, I believe. And so what I see in this game is under 42 and a half. Yes, that's a very low under. It's a scary one to take. You could place that bet. And then after watching the first quarter, the first half, you're already sweating it out like crazy. But I think that's a good bet. I also saw a weather report saying that I think it's going to rain. So my play for tomorrow night, Thursday night, is Cleveland-Denver under 42 and a half. Yeah, yeah honestly, I, I was... That. I was I was leaning the under just because of exactly every point you said. Both teams are kind of injury riddled with uh, riddled with injuries right now. So Cleveland's offense without Baker and with Case Keenum behind, I don't know if it's really gonna click. Even with Baker last week against Arizona, you saw how bad the offense was. He got absolutely smacked by the Cardinals. And uh, like you guys said, I mean the Cleveland Browns three and three team, they're riddled with injuries and. People were kind of high on the Broncos after the first three weeks of the season. They were three and zero, but they played nobody. Now they're back they played down the to Jets, Earth. the Giants, and back down to Earth at five hundred. Like it's again. I agree. It's going to be a snooze fest. I haven't taken any action yet. I'm kind of waiting to see, but I do like the under. I think a lot of people will see the forty-two and a half total, and you know, I'm guilty of it when I see the Cleveland Browns these days. It's like, oh. Baker, Odell, Jarvis Landry, like it just you think, oh, that's going over. But when you consider all the factors like the injuries and just yeah, it's gonna be a snooze fest. I, I like the under as well. Yeah. And then looking forward to the weekend, uh one play I have locked in already is Bengals plus seven and a half. We got Bengals Ravens. Um and I'm personally taking the Bengals at plus seven and a half. The line on most books is at my uh, plus six and a half, but Pro Line Plus, which is the Ontario legalized sports book, today I noticed they had the Bengals sitting there at plus seven and a half, minus one twenty-five. I jumped on that. Bengals have a strong roster this year. Joey Burrows is playing playing great. He's got Jamari Chase as his weapon. Can't can't deny that they've been one of the best duos in the league. Ravens are good, but I don't think they're as good as people think. I don't Their run game is great. I don't think they're that good. I, 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 this is going to sound crazy to people, but I am not a believer in Lamar Jackson. I don't know why, but to me, I just I feel like the the way he runs is yeah, it's crazy. But I feel he's just one big hit away from getting hurt, and I don't know. I I don't I don't love the Ravens. I I think they're kind of frauds. Yeah, well, I, you, you I can don't kind of say that about anyone, though. Like, if you're saying one hit can take out Lamar, I don't know. The guy's been putting up numbers for the past what three, four years since he's been in the league. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I don't know. I just and I I feel crazy for having that take because I had this take when he won the MVP. I was like, this isn't gonna last. This isn't sustainable. But I mean, he's what three years into his NFL career, maybe four, and he's got no sl- signs of slowing down. But I just. I don't know. Not it, helps, a it helps that he has. He's under a good coach, though Harbaugh. Like it, he's under a great true. organization, so he's not going to be put in a spot to fail. I don't know. I'm also not a believer in Hollywood Brown or Marquise Brown. I don't think he deserves the Hollywood nickname, even though that's where he's from. Fun fact. All right. Um, anything else? What do you? What else do you like this weekend, Ryan? You got any uh, plays locked in yet? I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to mention how uh, the books in Vegas had a, a large spreads on many of the games this weekend. Yeah, a lot of the, the favorites are over minus ten. So yeah, I mean, uh, just going down the list, like you've got the the Washington football team is like plus eight and a half. You got the Patriots that are minus seven and a half. 
Um, the Lions are plus 15 and a half. The Bears are plus 12 and a half. The Texans are plus 17 and a half. Like, I, I agree. I, I mean, this I is going to be I've a actually seen the spread in the NFL that large, minus 17 and a half in a long time. Maybe yeah, last year when the Chiefs were on a roll. No, it's, it's really not. So you'll be seeing a lot of probably square parlays over the weekend. Yeah. I, I I agree. It, it might uh, – some of these plays look so obvious, but, I mean, the Bills looked obvious on Monday night. and Exactly. I was all over that. I was oh. all over the Titans. I, I, uh, I tailed you there and cash Fear King Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry is a monster. I mean – while we're talking about the NFL, we might as well talk about this past weekend that just finished. I mean, I thought it was a great weekend of football. I mean, I'm I'm a die-hard die, die Dallas Cowboys fan. And I think, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think that the Cowboys-Pats game, aside from the Monday night game, I think was the game of the weekend, and if not the game of the year. I mean, it was just back and 100%. Forth. Yeah, no, that, that game got me off my couch. I had the Pats plus three and a half. I got my heart ripped out in that one. I don't know how they didn't cover, but uh, I can't deny that that was an incredibly exciting game. Yeah, I was uh, fortunately on the good side of it. I basically three you on the Cowboys. So the six six and then Matt Jones throwing it deep basically gave me a roller coaster of emotion. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. I mean, you could have just not watched the game because it was riddled with penalties in the first half, but. That fourth quarter and into overtime was up and down and back and forth. It was pretty electric, and I just I feel like this weekend is going to be a coming back down to earth party for NFL fans, and it's going to be kind of like pick your spots, don't red lightly. Yeah, exactly. Last weekend favorites hit at a crazy rate, so <laughs> it would not surprise me if the dogs went on a run this weekend. Were the Titans the the only dog that won? I think so. I think I think there was a couple. I know uh, the Raiders and the Cardinals, but other than that, it was a slaughter. The books got killed. The favorites just went crazy. Yeah, Vegas ain't making the same mistake this weekend. But no, uh, what I was trying to say not. was, Dak looks like he hasn't missed a beat since his ankle injury coming back this year. I think he looks better. I uh, he, uh, that's actually a future that I have the on year. the NFL. Sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, but that's a. I got a future. I got 2.5 U on Dak to win the MVP at. I can't remember what I got it at. I think it was like plus 800. Um, one sec. Oh, right okay. now, in my opinion, I think it's between him and Derrick Henry. And for those of you that don't know, what U means is it's a unit. So we bet on a scale of one to five units, and one unit is a normal bet that you'd make. So let's say one unit, it would be like $10. So then. 2.5 unit play would be $25 just for those of you that don't know what a U is. Yeah, and a unit varies person to person. It's just kind of a way to regulate like everybody's financial situations are different. So a unit to someone could be $1,000, could be a dollar. You, you never know. It's just it's a way to level the playing field so that you know how much should I be putting based on my financial res- financial situation and always gamble responsibly. It's something that uh, I always push for. Alright, well Again, the NFL slate, I don't love it, but uh, something that I do love is I'm a Red Sox fan, so I think we got to talk about the MLB playoffs. I mean, as we record this, the Red Sox are getting killed 7-1, top 8, but, uh, I mean, I haven't been watching a lot of it, i got to be honest, but, I mean, 
it seems yeah, yesterday's loss yesterday's loss was absolutely heartbreaking Get out to an early 2-1 lead in the first off a of xander two-run bomb truest money line and then the Sox left so many i'm pretty sure uh, when it was the bottom of the seventh they left nine or ten uh runners on base and then once we had the battle two they tied it yeah i mean i mean they've been averaging what a uh, grand slam a game obviously before tonight they've had three grand yeah, slams in three games yeah. like that that's a crazy stat i i, I have a hard time believing that's history. ever happened it was the first team in postseason history to have three grand slams in a single series yeah that's it's crazy i mean there's not a obviously October baseball is electric, but I mean there's only two series going on right now, so there's not much that we can really talk about. Uh, yeah, well, the postseason so far this year I think has been absolutely buzzing through yeah, the wild card games when it was the Cardinals Dodgers walk off, Taylor hitting a two run bombs and the yeah, Dodgers in the next I round. The, I had the cards in that game. I had the Dodgers minus one and a half, so lucky cover again, but it was. Postseason, I think this season uh, <laughs> has actually been entertaining to watch. Sox, well, I'm a diehard Sox fan too, but it's uh, I don't know, I, I don't I don't want them to go home so soon, especially uh, with them losing seven one tonight. Have to go back to one, Houston. Eight, eight, nine one. Nine, one. nine Oh my god! Okay, I don't want to hear anymore. Yikes! But All right, games, well, do you guys have do you guys have any uh, MLB plays this week? Because I I haven't been touching it. I haven't been following enough to be completely honest with you. Stayed away today just because the last two days been on the Red Sox team total over yesterday. Got crushed by that. And the game before, I bet the Astros got crushed by that. But uh, I think, just completely aside, I think the Dodgers winning game three (coughs) off the comeback with Bellinger and Mookie, I think they'll gain all momentum from that and pull away from the series. I think the Braves are done. All right. Yeah, I've also been staying away. MLB is by far my worst sport. But one thing I have been taking is the Astros whenever they're at plus money. That's worked out for me pretty well. So I've just been taking the Astros small at plus money every chance I can. But as I said, I stay away from the MLB. I'm not very good at betting on it. All right. Well, that being say. said, let's hop right into the NBA. The season tips off, tipped off yesterday. Um, the Raptors, Canadian team, you know, we're a Canadian podcast. Um, I'd like to think that actually Ryan's a Celtics fan, but you know me and Kyle favor the Toronto Raptors, and they're playing as we speak. Um, it's pretty electric. I mean, Scotty Barnes making his way into the starting lineup with the Pascal Siakam injury. I mean, it's an exciting time to be a sports fan. October into November is just the best. No doubt, and they packed Scotiabank Arena too. It was nice to see a ton of fans in the stands. I'm not the biggest NBA fan, to say the least, but it is one of my favorite sports to gamble on. Ooh, little I Raptors. Don't know a lot about it. Oh, sorry to interrupt, it. but the, the the Raps are getting killed. It's, oh, I like the Wizards tonight. I didn't take them, but I did lean Wizards. 32, three and a half minutes to go in the second second quarter. Yeah, but that's the thing in basketball. The way it works, it, you know, the the Raptors might win by 20 in that game. You never know. Yeah, fair enough. Basketball is a tale of two halves. Well, to be fair, any any sport is. NFL and all that is a tale of two halves. It's true. All right, well, I mean, I've got nothing else to add to the NBA. You guys cool if we move along here? I've got one pick to give out. Okay. Um, look, Just looking ahead tomorrow, I like – so tomorrow again being Thursday, 
We've got the Bucks versus the Heat. Um, I know the Heat are obviously, I mean, right now the best team in the league. Can't argue with that. But I do like Heat plus two and a half. I think this line's a bit too close. I think everyone's going to be hammering the Bucks. The line might rise a bit higher to like plus three and a half or four. But the play tomorrow night will be the Heat plus the points. Okay. Good to know. All right. Um, let's get into the CFL. Um, do you guys have any action on it? I mean, I kind of just tail you guys when it comes to the CFL and the CPL. I don't really follow the CFL that oh, much. Um, CFL is all Kyle here. He's the he's the wizard slash CFL, CFL is my league. I love the CFL. I've been betting it for a couple of years now. I love the CFL. Um, this year, a little bit of a weirder season. We've got in the West the Blue Bombers just dominating everyone at nine and one, and then in the East, a bit of a closer race between the Argos, uh, Alouettes, and Tiger Cats. They're all kind of close to each other in points, and then the Ottawa Red Blacks, absolute garbage of the league. But um, yeah, it's a competitive, a competitive uh, year. I've got Argos futures as well as Alouette's futures, so kind of hoping that one of those two win the division, and it's looking that way. Uh, but with that being said, I have a couple of picks for this week's slate. I was not crazy about the slate. I found the lines to be very sharp, so go light on these picks. I wasn't crazy about them, as I said. But first, we've got. Argo's money line on Friday night. I like that. And then, even though I mentioned how bad the Red Blacks are, Red Blacks on Saturday plus 14 and a half. That's a lot of points in the CFL. So those are the plays that I've got for this week. Hey, I know that you said the Red Blacks are a dumpster fire, but they're still pros. They're going to play for jobs, you know? I don't True. hate I, When you see a lot of points in a professional league, it's kind of hard to stay away, in my opinion. I agree. All right, now, do you guys have any picks for the Canadian Premier League? This is another league that I just, I just I want to add something to on the CFL. Oh, okay, yeah, for, go uh, for it. For those non-Canadians watching the podcast or listening to the podcast, the CFL is one of those leagues where you could go from last for a year or two and then all of a sudden be one of the best teams in the league. It's kind of crazy. It's very sporadic, I find. That's what yeah, happens when you it, don't have a lot of teams. Sure. There's only, what, well, nine teams? Yeah, yeah nine teams in the mm-hmm. league, so it's players will bounce from one side to another, and then teams will automatically become like all, also like the jet, uh, the Jets, the the Blue Bombers are nine and one. I remember not too long ago, the Blue Bombers were one of the worst teams in the CFL. Yeah, for sure. Fair enough. All right, um, Canadian Premier League action this week. Um, what do you? Well, guys we got to go to our resident footy guy first in this one. To the CPL, yeah. Kyle and I have gone on this league uh, this year. It was during, uh, was it during the summer? We uh, we kind of yeah. I think like just the start it. of the summer was uh, no. We figured no one no one was really capping CPL uh, CPL. So we said, why not? Uh, why don't all Canadian collabs get on this and uh, kind of spread the wealth? So this <coughs> week, so this week. I oh, know it's on Thursday, right? The game. I believe so. Yeah. So we got Pacific versus Calvary. In Calgary, so I might actually be going to this game tomorrow if I have time. But both teams of scoring, Calgary at home, not as dominant as they are away. Just kind of weird to say. And then Pacific is one of the best teams in the league away, and to struggle. So I'm leaning personally, uh, Calgary a double chance and both teams to score. I see this game either being one-one or two-two. 
For those of you who don't know, I mean, I totally know, but can you explain what double chance is? Well, double chance uh, means the team can either win or draw. So often some books will have it at plus 0.5 or at double chance, DC. Okay, cool. I totally knew what that was. Um, do you guys have any other picks in the CPL? Or should we move right along to our final Yeah, so segment? I'm actually going against Ryan in this game on Thursday. I've got Pacific uh, and Calvary, both teams to score, but I've got Pacific double chance as well. Um, Pacific is the number one team playing the number two team in Calvary, so I think it's going to be a close game, but I just lean Pacific in that matchup. Um, one thing about the CPL, we've done very well, uh, both me and Ryan, gambling on it. A lot of the time, you can just bet the favorite early right when the line comes out you bet that early you get pretty solid value and the favorite wins a lot so that's a big reason why uh we've done really well in the canadian premier league this year yeah that's one thing for those of you who would, who are thinking about getting in the, the canadian premier league the lines move very very quickly like in a matter of a day the line can go from basically plus 150 to up oh, at minus 120 all of a sudden team going for sure and in later episodes, we'll get more into, uh, you know, closing line value, how to look at lines, when you should be betting stuff. We'll definitely take a deeper dive into that sort of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so let's wrap up with our final segment of the day. We've got the weekly lock of the week. And so we're going to have a competition between the three of us. Um, we haven't really decided on a prize for the winner, but um, we're going to track our locks of the week throughout the um, the next year and we're or some timeline tbd and we're gonna kind of see who can pick out the best game of the week to bet and see whose record is the best at the end of it um so kyle do you want to lead us off what is your lock of the week for the weekend all right so my inaugural lock of the week we are going to be looking at college football we are taking a look at UCLA Moneyline against Oregon. Now, I'm sure you're asking me, why the hell are you taking UCLA against Oregon? Oregon's ranked 10th. Um, they've got hopes to make the college football playoff. You know, they're not going to lose to UCLA. Well, that's exactly why I love UCLA. This line makes zero sense. We've got UCLA minus two or minus two and a half against a 10th ranked Oregon team that has looked like a wagon this year. I love UCLA. It makes no sense. The public's just going to keep hammering Oregon. Give me UCLA money line for my lock of the week. All right. Back Chip Kelly. Is he wearing a visor this week? Because if he's wearing a visor, I mean, UCLA. Could be a lock. I'd have to double the bet. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. All right, Ryan, your lock of the week. Well, my lock of the week gets uh, we will be traveling across the <clears throat> Atlantic Ocean. We'll be dabbling into some English championships, so second division soccer in England. Yikes. Love it. I watch it all the time. Actually a very entertaining league. But we've got Blackburn playing Reading this weekend. And my lock of well, my play for this game is over two and a half at minus one oh six. Of this game, I think over two and a half at seventy five percent. And personally head to head matchups between these two teams hits 63%, so 10 out of 16 games. And for those wondering, and if you are a follower of Twigs Locks, I've called Blackburn Rovers the Kings both teams to score. Reading love overs. This is just a recipe for an over two and a half. All right, all right. And finally, my lock of the week is 
We kind of touched on this game earlier. The Bengals going to the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are as good as everybody says. 64% of the public is on the Ravens, and the line opened at Bengals plus 10, or Ravens minus 10, depending on how you look at it, and has actually shifted in favor of the Bengals. So the line doesn't make any sense. I have Jamar Chase on my fantasy team. I need him to go off, so a bit of bias. But I think that Joe Burrow and the Bengals will go to Baltimore, put the pedal to the metal, and crush Ravens fans in Baltimore. Joe will be cracking a cigar after that win on uh, Sunday. Go Tigers. All right, well, I think that just about wraps up episode one. Uh, I feel pretty good about it. Um, Glad to have you boys. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. We appreciate you listening. Make sure to follow us on all our socials at Over the Border or Over Border Pod on Instagram and Twitter for updates. Um, and make sure to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss any future episodes. So listening, guys, make some money this week. Life's a gamble, so I'm gonna put some money on it.